Hey everybody, welcome to the After Amen podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Tanya, and we are excited to have you here for another episode. So we're just going to jump right in. We hope you enjoy. Well? It's a deep subject. (laughs) You know what we're waiting on. Hey everybody! It's not complete if you don't start it out that way. So just get it in your mind that when we hit record, you have to say that. Okay. I liked your joke there, though. That's good. Yeah. What, the deep subject? Deep subject. Mm, (laughs) Such an original. (laughs) Um, so before we jump into anything serious, we have some ground (laughs) to cover. We indeed do. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Connor, and let Wait, you turn have it. Over it. Me? No, no. You got to explain okay, what. If, okay, if, Mr. I talk, then, if I talk, then it'll, it'll be all. Oh, okay, well, then the only fair thing to do is, call, is have the person mm. who called the game mm. from a fair. Fair. Hear that? A very fair, right down the middle. No cheating. Uh, viewpoint as umpire of the game. We're talking about kickball, by the way. I, you never actually classified that. Well, I didn't think I had to. I felt like your dad was going to do that because he was the umpire. So let's. We shouldn't um, have to explain. And by the way, might I just add that um, (laughs) I have already had Facebook comments (laughs) based on um, a post that I made. So I already have had Facebook comments already asking, would this be discussed? So just letting y'all know, this is this is the infamous kickball rematch discussion. Yes. Yes, So I'm gonna let the umpire, Mr. Josh Stroop, take it away. Well, it was very interesting (laughs) match. (laughs) Um, That's that's putting mildly. I mean, of course. There were some people that were not there. Mm. Yeah. And there were some new additions that kind of stepped up and took the place of some of the people that that couldn't be there. Mm. But for the most part, the teams were Mm -hmm. together. Pretty pretty similar to the same the way they were. Very similar. With the exception of a couple. so. So... As the umpire, they called it right down the middle. Mm-hmm. No shenanigans. And the scorekeeper who called it right down the yes. middle. Shenanigan yes. one. No shenanigans. Fair and um, square. We drew foul lines. <laughs> that way there was no debate on fair or foul. <laughs> Which was an issue in the first game, apparently. Yeah, much, much issue. of an issue, seeing how they called a foul ball fair and won the game off of it. Here we go. So, and myself, I looked up and studied oh, day in and day out. You don't study for nothing. I don't study for anything except for the Bible and kickball. That's serious. Okay. So I studied the rules of kickball. And I laid out those rules before the match ever started. So what was the outcome? Yeah, who won? Well, who did that? Let me just say this. (laughs) So 
Team Chad jumped out to a massive lead. From the like from the From the get go. They yeah. poured it on. I mean, they jumped on them. Coach was the MVP. Oh, Coach was oh, by far the MVP, the MVP of the game. Not only totally. like kicking, defensively, but fielding, man. Oh, defensively, yeah. he was on nothing. Yes. You better not kick it to him because he was catching it. <laughs> yeah. So, Team Chad jumped out to a massive lead. In the seventh inning, last the, inning, the last mm-hmm. inning, y'all had what an eight run lead oh uh, no it was had, like a 12 run lead no or something. no it was they had half the points we had and we ended with 16 so yeah it was, was eight it? To, yeah. it was eight to 16 i think yeah the last oh okay i thought it was like a 12 run lead it was oh, either they bad. either had seven or but, eight, but i'm pretty sure it was eight but they come on strong they're in the last inning team casey team casey they they they, they waited a little late but they they, they came on yeah, strong it was down. They came back. Now, I will. I got to give credit where credit is due. Casey has got a leg out of this world. Dude, like. Yeah. Mid outfield every time. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. One hit me in the hand and it bounced off my hand. It was. If I'm not mistaken, he got (laughs) two home runs. Oh, no, 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 no. Two Mm -hmm. or three. No, it was. At least three, possibly four. Yeah. Almost every time he was up, yeah. he got a home run. So, what I would suggest to Casey is I might would evaluate my team. Oh. Oh. That's, that's would, strong words. I might oh, would evaluate my team and, and figure <laughs> out where... The weak links are, but 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 wait 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 wait. Hold on, we still but, haven't but wait, who we still we got to we got to discuss because in the seventh inning when they make this massive comeback and yeah. they're like coming on strong and fast and there's no outs, coach makes a decision to no, huddle his. No, team. there was there was no, one out. Didn't, I did. There oh, was Connor. one out. Oh, there was one out. Yeah, there was one, one out. out. So Connor one. makes a decision. Wait a minute, my team is falling apart. We got to get. Team it, Casey, was, it was Team 12 Casey, to 16. Team Casey has had closed in to four runs. Yes. And so Connor decided, uh-uh, it's huddle time. So they all huddled up, took a timeout. First time out of the game, actually. Yep. And they huddled up and discussed and got their heads in it. And guess what happened? Coach Coach got in there. And, and he coach do- double played and in coach the game. And Coach did what Coach does. Got and he rallied the troops mm-hmm. right there at the end of the game. So who won? Team Chad, the victors. Mm-hmm. Now, here's I'm, the problem. Here's the problem. Team Casey has a win. Has a win. Team Chad has a win. Has a win. There's got to be a rubber match. Hey, the only time there wasn't any shenanigans, we won. So as far as I'm concerned, we're the champs. But yeah. well, that's your opinion, though. No, and, that's not an opinion. That's, that's a fact. No, that's an opinion of one team. So calling it down the middle, calling it fair, there has to be a we'll, tiebreaker. We'll, we'll have a tiebreaker and we'll win again. There's got to be a rubber match. And I and think it's got to be at Remnant Youth it's Retreat. It's got to be at Remnant Youth Retreat. Mm-hmm. And... The leader of Team Chad has to be present. Oh yeah, and got to play. Yes, and got to play. We won without our leader. Do y'all maybe there's no roots. With our maybe there's no roots around when when Chad plays this time because I heard Chad got tackled by Root. Oh, 
I mean, I'm just saying. I I thought I felt an earthquake that while y'all were gone, but I I don't know. You're so mean. You're so bad. This is just this is just hearsay. Okay. This is just hearsay. This is what I heard. He talks lots of smack, y'all. Lots of smack he talks. You know, I just thought about what's that? Chad is a huge individual. Yes, he, he is. He is a huge a, individual, a very, and you are talking much individual. smack. True. You true. talk hey, that's, much smack. That's smacking. my team leader. You better back off. Oh, I, I love Chad. I just heard that that he got tackled. <laughs> that's. A, I'm just so saying. the outcome of the game was that team y'all keep calling it Team Chad, but it's Team Gunner. It's Team Gunner. Oh, you got I, it my wrong. Apologies. My so apologies. Team Gunner won. So now we are at one victory for Team Casey, one victory for Team Gunner, and we got to have a tiebreaker. Yep. Got to have a tiebreaker. So yep. we shall see. So here's the dot, dot, dot to yep. be continued. Yep. <laughs> now, I will say, for this rubber match, me, myself... I'm going to appoint a second umpire. Ooh, interesting. That way, I've got plenty of eyes for this rubber mm, match. So no. there can be really no shenanigans. I can't there be everywhere. Already, well, I mean, the only shenanigan I thought of was against me because if you get hit what? in the head, you're supposed to be safe, and I got smacked in the head, oh, and they called me. See, now house, that's but, wrong. Yeah. Well, you can't be doing that. <laughs> she I felt mean, bad about that. No, no, no. That was that was a different play. No, oh, no, I, I thought you were talking Casey about when Riley threw, hit. Casey threw me out. <laughs> no, Riley tried to kill him. Yeah, she did. She did try to kill me. It, it's okay. I got home though. Um, oh my goodness. Love you, Rad Dog. Oh. Okay. On that note, we're gonna move on. <laughs> but us aside, it was a great match. Yes, and we had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. Yes. And we I, got I, to... I tried to call it right down the middle as best I could. I know I probably missed some calls, but I think like, we what umpire doesn't exactly. To be I think we were sitting on the side, and Cannon um, <laughs> said something like, "He's not calling right" or something like that. I said, <laughs> I, "I sat down and I said, no." I said, "Both sides don't like him. He's doing something right." <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, so. We're going to put the to be continued dot, dot, dot on that. And we will, I'm sure, revisit it because I have a feeling that next week, Wrestling for the Faith will have their rebuttal and we'll go from there. So y'all already know how this works. (laughs) Um, I I want to point out, um, aside, you know, from that, this is one year anniversary yes that's what i was about to get to well you didn't get there quick enough Uh, obviously i beat you to it (laughs) one year anniversary of our first episode now i put out uh, a post on facebook on the after amen page um earlier last week that we were going to um release you know that we would be back this week and release on sunday but um some things happened with our schedules and we weren't going to get to record until late last night. And we were going to have to record and release like right away. And it was late. We were, all of us were kind of exhausted. And I was like, you know what? Tomorrow's our one year anniversary of our first episode. How cool would it be to actually record it and release it on the same day? So if you are listening to this on release night, 
it is literally yeah, our one year anniversary of our very first episode. Praise God. It's, it's um, for real don't feel like a year. It does not feel no, like it a didn't. year. It feels like this year has flown by. But we are so thankful and so grateful for this platform that God literally set in our laps. And not only are we thankful for that, let me let me add to that and say that not only are we thankful for the platform and the and the and the reach that God has given us through this podcast, but the amount of relationships that we've created through this podcast um there they're invaluable be, there would be no kickball game to right. <laughs> if it wasn't for this podcast right yeah. um we have met some of our closest friends that are not just friends they are family absolutely um and we love them dearly we have created relationships that will last a lifetime outside of those relationships we've also created relationships along the way with others who have um, touched our hearts. They've been on the podcast. They have impacted our lives. Terry Skaggs with Testimonies with Terry. If you've not listened to our mental health episode on After Amen, you need to go back and listen to it. Um, It's an amazing episode. It will not be the last one that we have with Testimonies with Terry. Um, he will definitely be back on. We're we're gonna work out some logistics of that. But um, if you have not checked out his podcast, highly yeah. highly recommend that you do that because um, man, it's just powerful to see and hear what God's doing in people all around the world. Um, and I'll say it and say it again. Revelation, what is it, twelve eleven that says we overcome by the power of our testimony by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. So, um, yeah, huge, huge shout out to him. Um, there's so many, we just actually had a conversation with, um, someone that was on, uh, one of our podcasts earlier in the year, pastor Corey Clark. And, um, had a amazing conversation with him and his beautiful wife on Friday night um, about some things in their future that are really exciting. Um, and God has really, you know, started cultivating that relationship. And I'm just being honest with you. It has been this wild <laughs> ride that I never thought was possible. Oh, yeah. And if you thought 2022 was a wild ride. Wait for 2023. You might want to buckle up for 2023. <laughs> yep. Because yep. we have got some guests lined up for 2023. Not, mm-hmm. And some of these people probably don't even know that they're going to be guests. But No, but we've got God's you know, already so. placed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> God's already placed some people on Josh's heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Um, a lot of them we haven't reached out to yet, so we're not even gonna, um, say names or anything like yeah. that, but we know that it was a, a, a God nugget. So we know that they'll say yes. It'll just be yeah. a matter of logistics of working out times and, and, and things like that. Um, but it's going to be good stuff. Yeah. 
Buckle it's up. Be some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, happy anniversary to the After Amen podcast. Is happy there like extra pressure on this episode to do good? Or... No. Okay. No, not oh. really. Because I didn't study at all. I just know what we're going to talk about. Well, Do you ever study? No. I never. <laughs> I didn't study for the mental health episode, and I'm the one that led that one. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so, that being said, we're going to go ahead and just dive right in. I can't swim. Um, You can doggy paddle. Learn. I swim like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing God going. offers floaties. Amen. Amen. I'll get you some of them like two-year-old floaties. <laughs> I'll wear them. All right. So I do want to kind of recap because I don't like to just start an episode and just like not kind of go back, mm-hmm. especially when it's a continuation of a something. Um. So we started last, well, no, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Because we um, took some a little small break for the holidays. But, um, which, can I just, before we get started, can I just say I'm so glad to be back to routine? <laughs> yeah. I'm so, like, I'm such a creature of habit. Yeah. Like, no, I need my routine. November, December was exhausting. Once a routine. Very. <laughs> and I, and honestly, for me, it was like the slowest Christmas I've ever had. Yeah. But... I'm just, it gets me so out of whack to get off my routine yeah. that, yeah. Now, I done put that out there, and the Lord, not that he didn't <laughs> read, can't read my mind, but he's done heard that, so now I will probably won't never have a routine again. <laughs> nope, you're going to throw it off. Because <laughs> you know God, he has that sense of humor. Um, But, so we're going to recap just a touch. Okay. I'm just going to, I just got some highlights that when I was, Going back and reading the other night when I got left all alone in this big empty house by myself and wasn't Where? invited to go somewhere. Where? You were invited. <laughs> all the guys, y'all, went to a wrestling not event. All the guys. Not all guys. Oh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't just the guys. My girls left me, too. Yep. And I got left here all by myself. Because they were there to support their men. Oh, so that's a dig at me. I'm sorry I was supposed to go to a shower, and I couldn't. Look, I shower once a week. I schedule them around things, A baby okay? shower, honey. Oh, my bad. Anyway, they ran off and left me. So all, I mean, what was I to do but sit in with my Bible in front of me and study, which, honestly, I'd much rather be sitting in my chair with my Bible than at a wrestling event. It's just not my thing, honey. I love you so much, though, but it's not my thing. That's why we the ones. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we're going to recap just a touch and kind of go back. Um, But as I was reading back over what we talked about in the last episode when we started the book of James, um, God kind of gave me a couple of little things that I don't think we pointed out. So if we did, I haven't listened to it. So, if I'm repeating myself, just look at it as a recap. Um, So, in verses 2 to 4, we talked about, um, and I'll just, I do do think I want to read over these verses. Um, Uh Oh, we're going to be here a minute. 
James chapter one. Well, no, we're because we're not going to like go into deep discussion. We're just going to recap what we mm-hmm. read last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, not last week, two weeks ago. So James chapter one, verse one. James, a bond servant, and this is New King James. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything good from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother in his exaltation, I'm sorry, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. It's Flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. But so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Now that's where we stopped. So let me go back and verses two to four. The title of last uh, episode was Genuine Faith. And who knows, that might be the title of this one as well. I I want to throw something out there that I actually learned um, today. Bring it. Looking into James. James is actually chronologically the first book written in the New Testament. Really? Yes. I like didn't. when it was actually written? Mm-hmm. Wow. Chronologically, I it is, not, it is so, the first book that so was written. So he wrote James before Matthew, Yes. Mark, Luke, John wrote all the Gospels. Yes. Hmm. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard for us to wrap our brains around, but like, yeah, everybody back then, it kind of traveled through the to actually telling people. So well, most of this was already known by most people. And in my mind, I guess you know they just kind of wrote it down. It's not sensible to think, but in my mind, like the way I'm processing it through is like Matthew's writing this as it happens, but that's not yeah, really that's, that's, he wrote it thirty years. Yeah, ago. I mean that's not. Yeah. But you, but the way you read it, you mm. feel like he's writing it as oh, it yeah, happens. Exactly. You know, yeah. wow, that's interesting. So verses two to four cover how genuine faith has joy even in the hard times, and then verses five to eight talk about during those hard times, a genuine faith will seek God for wisdom. Well, this is where God kind of started like downloading some things in my spirit when. I was sitting here rereading verses 9 through 11. Um, And if I move too fast or if y'all have something to add, y'all just jump in there. Okay. But a genuine faith takes on God's eternal perspective about poverty and riches. I'm going to rewind and say that again. Genuine faith takes on God's eternal perspective or his viewpoint about poverty and riches. Our prayer needs to be, Lord, fix my focus. Because as humans, our focus is not naturally a God focus. Yeah. 
um, for the church. And when I say the church there, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about a building. But for the church, the world's idea of their, and I'm doing air quotes, status and importance doesn't apply. As much as we'd like to say that we haven't, we've all participated in that worldly ideology of what status and importance is all about. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was reading Ecclesiastes 1 with somebody recently, and um, I mean, if you've ever read it, you know, it talks about how everything under the sun is pointless, basically. I mean, he starts out saying, um, like, vanity of vanity or something like that. Like, literally talking about how everything is just pointless. And then goes on to talk about how the more wisdom you gain, you know, the more sorrowful it is because you realize that everything in the world is just pointless. Like, if it's not from God, there's not a point to it because it's all going to perish. That's right. Yeah. Um... So, but one thing I noticed as I was doing this study of the book of James, which brought on this this series of podcast episodes, is that the rich and poor theme is thread all the way throughout the book of James. Mm-hmm. But not just the book of James. There's tons of other passages in the Bible where it talks about this rich and poor theme. Yeah. Um. So, that being said, how many times have we said if it's in there once, it's worth paying attention to? But if it's in there more than one time, I would think you would need to, like, wake up call God's trying to make a point here. I can name three times just off the top of my head that I know that it talks about it. Ecclesiastes 1, Matthew either, I think it's 6, but it could be 5, and then James. Well, and it also, also, the theme is in, uh, what is it, Matthew... Um, Matthew 19, where it talks about the rich and young ruler. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And it's, um, it's Matthew five, by the way, five. but, um, it's important for the church, the body of Christ to understand the importance of this whole rich and, and poor theme that, that is gone through. It's important. And if it's important to Jesus, if it's important enough for the Holy Spirit to prompt these writers of the scripture to write about it more than one time, then it should be important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of things that the Lord pointed out to me the other, the other night. And, and y'all, if we're covering this twice, it's just because God wanted it covered twice because yeah. this was completely... I didn't go back and listen to last week's episode or two weeks ago's episode, but I think it's important to understand that being poor doesn't automatically make you righteous, just like being wealthy doesn't automatically make you unrighteous. In fact, I'd argue the opposite because Jesus also says that it's easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying, but being poor doesn't make you righteous automatically. No. Not at all. Your your financial status means zilch. I, yeah. I think, in a way, it can honestly help you lean on him more. Because 
it's like you you don't have material things to lean on. So when you need to lean on something, what are you going to lean on? Nothing yeah. or God. Yeah. And exactly. it's like you come to the end of your rope and you're like, all right, God, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I need you to do it. And that's when real breakthrough happens is when you stop leaning on your own power or money's power or anything physical and under the sun. Exactly. When you stop leaning on that power and you lean on God's. Well, so we're to that point, hold that thought because I'm kind of going down that, that trail. So Jesus's first beatitude was Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, or Luke chapter 6, verse 20, either one you want to read it in. But it is speaking to the, is speaking about those in poverty and, and that how they allow their lack of worldly possessions to cause them to fully rely on God as their source. The reason he puts so much emphasis on the poor and it being easier for the poor to get in that scripture you were just talking about, about the eye of the needle. The reason he says stuff like that is because when you have nothing, you don't have any choice but sometimes to rely on God. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sad thing is poor people a lot of times still don't rely on God. But I'm just like coming from a point of view, like we've been in both places. We've not had two pennies to rub together. And then we've had more than enough multiple times. And then we've been in the middle of the road, Mm -hmm. you know. And if I'm being honest, there does come that mentality to a certain extent. Now, I don't think we ever fell into it deeply, but there does come that mentality of like, Oh, I got this now. Yeah. I've arrived. Mm-hmm. You start you know? drinking your own Kool-Aid. Oh, for sure. So I understand where Jesus is coming from with this scripture. Now, mm-hmm. that does not say that anyone wealthy or well-off or stably fi- stable financially is not able to be righteous because no. you most certainly can. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you have to have that full reliance on God. It's about getting past that love of money. Yeah. Yep. Is the main reason that Jesus said, yeah, said that's, that. Yeah, that's why it was said. Is because humans are so accustomed to loving material things. Yes. And, I mean, the root of all, the root of evil, of all evil is not money, but the love of money. Yes. Yeah. And, and that, and people yeah, misquote pe- that People do misquote time. that. A lot. Yeah. But that's, that's why he said that is because it's not about. The, the, it's not like the money's an evil thing. In fact, it can be used for good. But when you're when you have that much money, it's so easy to fall into pride yeah. and fall into that love of money, and mm-hmm. then it's hard for you to enter the kingdom of heaven because you love it more than you love God. So let me, I, 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 and this is not in my notes. This is just something that the Lord dropped in my spirit just now. But because I went to Matthew chapter five verse 3, and I was going to just just read that beatitude, which is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But I'm going to go further, and I'm going to read these. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew 5, 3 through 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what every single one of those have in common? What's that? They come from a state of humility. <laughs> yeah. There's not a drop of pride in any of those things he describes. Yep. Not a drop of pride. When we start work, when we start focusing on self-reliance, which happens a lot when people come into wealth or feel like they can handle it on their own or they've arrived or like, like Josh said, drinking their own Kool-Aid, that's a state of pride. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why he focuses on it so much. Proverbs is stacked full of stuff about pride. Well, if you, I mentioned this a lot, but it's a, it's a great example because it's not only money that you can worship, it's, blessing from god you can worship oh yeah. for sure and when you start to worship and i'm pretty sure y'all probably already know where i'm going with this but i'm ready yep everybody um, else should better buckle up but when you start worshiping the gift more than mm. the god who gave the gift Woo-hoo. you run into that issue and a lot Sam, of times Sam. that gift can be money he can gift you with money to use for his good maybe he wants you to give it to people who need it more than more than you do and your love of money you keep it for yourself because Greed and pride. But I think of, I always think of Samson. You already knew what I was going to say. I already know. Well, actually, I wasn't, I thought, I thought you were going somewhere a little more controversial about oh. greed and. Oh, no. Uh, He's talking about I'll Samson. I'll probably do that in a minute, too. Don't post Samson. I always beat up on Samson, but he, he was chosen from God and he, he yeah. still fulfilled what God wanted him to do, but he didn't have to, he could have fulfilled it and still lived. Because he fell into pride and he fell into worshiping the gift more than the God. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. even if you go back and look, and I, honestly, I get most of this from a friend of mine. Um, he preached the message on it. And it was very good. Um, uh, shout out, Josh Vance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but who's like, that? I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. Uh, we won't go there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but he did a message and he pointed out, you know, when you're reading that, he doesn't say, God, give me my strength back so I can fulfill what you told, what you've told me to do. He says, God, give me my strength back so that I may avenge my two eyes. Mm. It was about vengeance to him. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, him doing that. Even in the last moments, Mm -hmm. it, it still wasn't about the God. It shows where his heart was at. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, and this is still from his message. I, I love you, Josh. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at David when in Second Samuel 11, when all that stuff happened with Bathsheba and Uriah, he didn't let that mistake define him. He moved on, mm-hmm. and he he actually grew stronger and closer to God. So yeah. much that God called is the he's the only man, and I don't like it when people say, "Oh, well, he's a man after God's own heart," because there's only one person ever described as that, and it ain't you. I'm sorry, but <laughs> David is the only one. That he is the only one that. ever yep. described. Paul wasn't even described as that. Clarify what you're saying, though, because you said he, like it sounded like you were talking about David, but you're saying when 
someone describes someone else yeah. as a man after God's own yeah, heart. Yeah, exactly. There was only one man after God's own heart, and that exactly. was David. Exactly. He's the only one that's been described as that. Um, but no, you're right. It it becomes a pride issue. It becomes a you know, drink your own Kool-Aid kind of thing and and we forget so quickly who gave us the ability to get that wealth that or or to or to be that successful or to to succeed in in whatever field it is that provided that wealth, you know? Um but on the flip side of that, poverty in and of itself is not the blessing that he's referring to. It's, it's the position of their heart. Yes. Yes. Um, you can look at the rich young ruler. And if you want to go back and read that, that's Matthew 19 verses 16 through 22. Um, <clears throat> he goes to Jesus and he's like, you know, I follow all the commandments. What do I got to do? And he said, he looks at him and he says, and I'm very quickly summarizing this. <laughs> he says, sell all you have and give it to the poor. And the man drops his head and walks away because he can't do it. Now that's sad, y'all. Like that, but how many times a day, an hour does that happen? Every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. But Jesus was showing that man that, Worldly riches mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing in the kingdom of God. And if that's where we find our worth and our security, then our priorities are completely out of line and we are not kingdom-minded. I'm going to go back to Ecclesiastes 1 with this because I think it fits very well. Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, was the wisest man to ever live. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. where it says it, but the Bible does say that. Uh, I can't always point where stuff says stuff. Okay, <laughs> but he was the wisest man to ever live. Yeah. If I if I recall correctly, it said no one will ever surpass your wisdom or something like that. He wrote Ecclesiastes, and in Ecclesiastes one, the I think verses twelve through the rest of the chapter talk about the grief of wisdom, and the whole reason that he's talking about the grief of wisdom is because he he realizes the wisest man to ever live now realizes yeah. that everything on earth has no point. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you are looking at worldly things is that's, that's your world. That's sad. Yeah. Yep. But if you store up your treasures in heaven where neither mm-hmm. moth nor rust destroy, come on, that's encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, it doesn't matter if I have all the mm-hmm. nice things or all the what society says, you know, the good yeah. old American dream that's so fun. You have a <laughs> just just think about it. You have two million dollars sitting in the bank. You've got a half a million dollar home. But you can't quarter of a million dollar car. Um and you die. None of that. It's going to spend eternity with you. you it's going to sit down here, before. collect dust, and your money, who knows what will happen to it. It's still going to be sitting in that bank. And when you get to heaven or 
hell, whichever one you go to, you're not taking that stuff with you. Because you will go to one one or the other. Mm-hmm. You will spend eternity in heaven or hell. Yep. And the key is to remember that absolutely nothing you have on this earth is going to go and spend eternity with you. Not one single material possession. And I have a lot of material possessions down here that I pride. I mean, prize rather. I have photos of my kids when they were babies, but none of that stuff is going to go with me. Yeah. So when that's you... what he's trying to get us to understand. We've got to be kingdom minded and not earthly minded. And that's and it's difficult. It, it is difficult it to is do tough. because we it doesn't come naturally. It's another one of those things you have to be intentional and disciplined about. Yeah. I, I encourage you to go read Ecclesiastes one. Now when you do it, go into it with mindset of okay, this is good and not bad because if <laughs> you just go into it with any old mindset, right. it's gonna be a very bleak <laughs> yeah. thing to read. Yeah. All right. So now we're gonna get to the meat of what we haven't oh, covered. We're just yet. now starting. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're just now covering what we haven't covered we'll yet. get two verses in don't we? yeah we'll we'll get a little yeah. bit in and then we may have to <laughs> to be continued it <laughs> um but we're gonna try to get through verses 12 through 18 so i'll start uh with verse 12 blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved he will receive the crown of life which the lord has promised to those who love him let no one say when he is tempted i am tempted by god for god cannot be cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights." with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures so let's unpack that because that's a lot i think i realized something that i never kind of have reading that just now okay would you you like to share (laughs) of course if you notice it's talking about being deceived here, right? Yeah. And this is all like right off the top of my head. But it's talking about being deceived, and it says, and sin, when it's full gone, brings forth death. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning <clears throat> of the Bible, when Adam and Eve were deceived, mm-hmm. God told them, if you eat of this, you will die. You will mm-hmm. surely die. But they were deceived. Which and brought forth the death. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Deception brought forth sin, and sin brought forth death. That's a good point. I never mm-hmm. noticed that either I, in, that, I in that scripture. I just noticed that. And I never correlated the two together. And, you know, my simple mind always thought, you know, if you eat of this, you, you will surely die. Mm-hmm. I always thought, drop dead. always thought drop dead. But that's not. That's probably how they thought of it. Exactly. And that's well, yeah. why the devil. That's why the he serpent used, was able to. Which yes. Was the devil. But that's why he was able to deceive them is because it's it's what he does with us every time he tempts us. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't tell us the whole truth. He tells us a smidge of what we want to hear. He tells us the mm-hmm. good the what feels good about sin. Which I think is why 
enduring temptation is the whole theme of this section of the passage. Because mm-hmm. if, if you notice, I've, I've actually gone back and I've, I did a message and I dissected how he deceived Adam and Eve. And if you notice when he does it, he tells partial truths. Oh, yeah. He says, oh, you won't, you won't die. You'll know the difference between good and evil. Yeah, you will. Yeah, Satan will take the word of God and, and twist it to but, deceive you. But the thing that they didn't realize is knowing the difference between good and evil is not a good thing. Yeah. I would much rather live in the garden where I didn't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but notice he doesn't say that blessed is the man who is tempted. Mm-hmm. What does he say? Blessed is the man who endures mm-hmm. temptation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the key. It says we are blessed when we endure temptation. It's the saying no to the temptations that are going to come. They're inevitable. They're mm-hmm. going to come. I mean, it's the it saying no. Do what? It happened to Jesus. It yeah, happened to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's the saying no to the temptations that come and the realizing who is behind that temptation, the enemy, none of that comes from God. It's realizing who is behind that temptation that brings the blessing. Because when we say no to Satan, the only other option is to say yes to God. Yep. It's no to Satan, yes to God, or no to God, yes to Satan. Sometimes we make things a whole lot more complicated than they need to be. <laughs> no, have really. I have. <laughs> it, this is a new thing that I've been doing. Whenever I feel temptation to do something that I know good and well ain't ain't right, I sit down and I ask myself. I say, okay, do I love me more or do I love God more? Mm, that's good. Which one is going to show that I love God more? And that's the decision that I try and make. Now I ain't perfect. I still mess up. But I promise you, if you start sitting down and being like. Okay, do I love me more or the devil more? Mm-hmm. And then, or do I love God more? Right. Because it will it will simplify the whole thing. It will stop the justification of the sin that you do in your head because everybody does it. Everybody tries to justify what they're doing. If you just sit down and you're like, all right, who do I love more? Mm-hmm. And then pick the direction that leads you closer to God. Right. It will help immensely. Right. Yeah, I I mean, I fully agree and like I said, we have to realize that it's it's a it's it's one of two things. It's a yes to God, no to Satan or no to God, yes to Satan. There is no middle ground. There's oh, yes. no fence to There's sit, no gray to, area. to sit on. Satan what do you always say? Satan owns the fence. <laughs> yep. I mean, there is no there's no I mean, it's white and black there's no gray in between yep you know you you're gonna be on one side or the other you're all in or all out that's right that's, that's, all in that's baby exactly right all right so we're gonna dig deeper into that next time i like how we we, we read it but we didn't really get into oh it. but oh, it's yes. coming it's, it's coming. coming it's just a teaser it's, it's coming that's just the teaser for next episode oh, so yeah. Y'all stay tuned, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I like the dot, dot, dots. That's really I can tell cool. Yeah. You've been doing it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close this out in prayer.
Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this platform that you've given us, a a full year that we've had the opportunity to do this, Lord. We thank you for the people that, that you've reached and the people that you will reach that will listen to this in in the future, Father. And we just pray that everything that we do be in your will, Father. And we just thank you for everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the After Amen podcast. We would like to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at After Amen Podcast, or you can send us an email at afteramenpodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Thanks for joining us.